Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that applications are now open for Hell Week. This is a week-long camp that we run every year on the island of Phuket in Thailand. And if you've never heard about Hell Week before, it's a camp where we do two swims a day. You do strength and conditioning training. We do underwater filming and video analysis on your stroke a number of times throughout the camp. We also do goal setting, mindset training, plus there's a whole lot of free time to explore the island, relax, sit by the pool, sit by the beach, whatever you'd like to do. This is the fourth year that we've run the camp and we've got two weeks this year. So October 14th to the 21st is when we've got the first week and the second week of camp is the 21st to the 28th. Now this is a camp where we have uh, a lot of triathletes, open water swimmers, pool swimmers and people who swim for purely enjoyment. They come along and they get to improve as a swimmer. So while there's some certainly some challenging training and some challenging workouts that we do throughout the week, the biggest uh, the biggest thing that people come away with from what they said last year was just the the things that they learnt. So each session that we do has a purpose, and with the, all of the different types of sessions that, sessions that we do, from the strength and conditioning to the to the mindset um, to all of the other stuff, it's about becoming a well rounded swimmer because. Improving as, a, as an athlete is more than just your technique. There's a lot more to it. So if you want to go on a holiday where you get to go somewhere and, and have a purpose, so rather than just sitting by the beach for a whole week, you'll actually come away feeling fitter. You'll have enjoyed yourself a lot more. You will have met a lot of like-minded people and just had a really good time on a holiday where you get to work hard and not feel bad about all the food that you're eating. Everything we provide at the camp uh, there's three meals a day. You've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner all provided at the amazing restaurant that's at the resort there. So you don't need to worry about any of your meals. Everything else is taken care of. The pool is just uh, a one-minute walk away from the, the accommodation there, and it's uh, it's going to be an amazing week. So if you'd like more details on the camp and if you'd like to apply, go to effortlessmean.com forward slash hellweek. Now, today's episode is a very special one to me. I've got my dad on the podcast. And my dad's been my coach since I was a young kid. And for me, one of the biggest takeaways from uh, from the episode, from this podcast, was seeing where, how he uh, came upon all of the sort of life lessons that he taught me um, as, as a kid and, and as a, a swimmer under him, where they sort of came about and his, his reasoning behind them. Because, uh, I mean, my dad's an amazing coach in his own right. He's had swimmers who have gone on to make Australian teams and uh, Olympic teams. But I think more importantly than that, one of the, the main things he's known for is being a great developer of people. For example, when he's got uh, the young kids that he, he coaches, he sets the record straight from the start and lets them know what's expected of them. And he teaches them what they need to do to be a successful person, whether it's from how they should say hello, goodbye, using people's names, uh, being, being a good listener, uh, gaining confidence through um, willing to put yourself out there. I think that's probably the, the thing he's, he's best known for and he, and he does a great job of. So for me, I think the, one of the, the biggest things I learned from this, this episode was how he's, he's gone on to be such a, a great people person and how he's gone on to instill that with, uh, into other people. 
So here is my dad. His name is Brian Ford, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I certainly did. All right. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brenton. It's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> well, it's been, I think I've been doing the podcast for maybe four years now, if not more, maybe even five years. Um, and I haven't got you on, on the podcast, even though you're probably the main reason why I'm a coach myself. So it's, uh, it's good to finally get you on. Well, it's good to have be amongst all those uh, great uh, people you've been talking to. I've been listening to all those podcasts and and boy, you've had some really, really interesting people on there. So uh, I'd, I'd say I'm honoured, Brenton, that you that you want to talk to me. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, so just for the um, the audience listening, can you uh, give me a bit of background about when you started coaching and um, how long you've been doing it for, and um, all the different things that you've you've done as a swimming coach? I probably, Brent, I probably started too late in coaching. I mean, I did a lot of. I guess coaching uh, when in my in my 20s after I finished uni, but that was just I really didn't know what I was doing. Just the, the club needed a coach. This was more swimming club needed a coach. I helped out, and I really was just flying by the seat of my pants. And some things worked, and some things didn't. Then um, obviously I was still swimming then, so I really enjoyed my swimming and swam in masters and did all that stuff as well. But I guess it all really changed when uh, you know, my father, your grandfather, passed away in 1996. And he was coaching you when he was coaching you know, his sister Courtney, his daughter Courtney. And uh, you were only seven and she was nine at the time or 10. And I thought, well, like anyone, I don't think there was anyone good enough to, to coach you guys around the, uh, around the Gippsland area. So I said, I put my hand up and I just stopped all the things I did, which was you know, water polo and, and my own swimming. And I did all, I stopped all that. And I said, well, I'll, I'll be a coach and I'll start coaching the two of you and the squad that you're in. And that all developed, obviously, towards the Tarogan Swimming Club. And here we are 21 years later, and everyone was saying that I'd give up coaching when you guys um, stopped really competitive swimming or becoming national swimmers. But it's something which is a real passion and um, and something which I really enjoy doing. So I started when I was – I really started proper coaching when I was 38 years of age, which uh, I, I wish I'd probably started 20 years before that. But it's been a great ride the last – 21 years and that's really the main reason if your grand grandfather hadn't passed away we probably wouldn't be here today and maybe you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today either so it's been uh, it's been a great ride well I, I sort of got started in a similar manner was when i was i went to uni and i just needed a part-time job and and then started coaching at melbourne university and realized that i really enjoyed it and um yeah, and, and got to meet a lot of great people, and it just kind of led on from from there. I, get, you, I just don't really know where things are going to lead, and um, I guess you just follow what you tend to enjoy the most and what you're good at. And um, I think that's how I've I've gotten to where I am now, where I'm um, able to do this full time. And I think that's why. I mean, you've you've got such a good reputation among. Um, not only other coaches but also swimmers. The amount of people who I've met in Melbourne who have said that they would love to be coached by you, obviously it's two hours away from Melbourne, but they would join the Trug and Swimming Club in an instant if if it was more accessible to them uh, because of you, you coaching there. So um, I think that that sort of reputation is, is something that I uh, really uh, aspire to as uh, as a coach myself and um some people say they asked me was it hard having your dad as a coach and i, I for me I, I didn't find it hard at all i think i probably preferred it to uh to having someone else as a coach because i mean we didn't really talk much about 
swimming once we got home. There was, you know, the occasional talk, but you weren't on my case about you didn't try hard enough in training. You didn't, you didn't perform here. Like there was none, none of that. And that's why I think it was really easy as a, having you as, as my coach. Well, I think the funny thing there is, Brent, I mean, we you know, talk about fathers and, and uh, fathers and mothers coaching their, their parents, uh, sorry, coaching their children. And uh, look, I remember one particular moment I, I, when I first started coaching you and uh, you, know, you, you want to do the best and you want to be, you want to do everything correctly. And, and I said to you, I remember saying to you at one stage, am I picking on you? Because I just felt like I was just too much on your case. And I remember you came back to me, you pretty much, it would have been only maybe 10 or 11 and said, yes. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I've got to, I've just got to, just, I've got to adjust the way I'm coaching because it's, um, you know, as much as you know, you, you want to be a parent, you also want to be a good coach. So I thought, well, let's keep coaching at the pool, let's keep swimming at the pool, let's get in the car, and let's not have the car ride home, anything like that. Where you know, you talk about swimming, that's the last thing I want to talk about. So let's talk about other things, being music or sport or school or whatever it is. So I made a conscious decision then to to keep the swimming um, and the and being a parent separate. So hopefully that worked. You say you're telling me it's worked. So you know, sometimes I look back and go, oh, perhaps I could have been a better better coach for you, you and Courtney. But you know, if you're saying that now, well, you know, I think we, we did the best we could, and I think it was pretty successful. You're still in it, and Courtney is obviously still in it as well with with the swimming. So um, I guess it's it's worked to a good extent, I reckon. Yeah, I, I don't remember that that conversation obviously it was a long time ago and I was quite young then but um I obviously remember after that and yeah I think I see so many kids especially start to not enjoy their swimming when it's all when that's all they talk about with their parents at home and their the parents on their case about yeah about not not swimming well or you know your, your times haven't improved whatever it is it that's where I, I see kids just not not enjoy because What's the point if you're just always being told that you're not doing well enough or you're not trying hard enough, even when you you, you might be be doing that? So I think that separation and just letting the kids do their thing at training and then just have a break from it and just have that that mental break as well. That's that's when it's easier to enjoy it. Well, when uh, when I have talks with the the parents at swimming, and I don't do it like every talk, but you know maybe once a year you you say to the parents, look, don't don't give the kids the car ride home, and that's when, you know, so, unfortunately some parents will sit there and watch their their children train and watch everything that they do. They probably shouldn't, but as they get older, I guess they move away. But they they or it might be after a swim meet and the, the child hasn't performed well, and you know the, the the swimmer itself is going to talk to the coach and the coach will do enough analysis, but they don't need more in the car on the car ride home from their parents, and and that's that's where I guess. The, the lines become blurred where the parents try and be, you know, still be coaches as well, and they want to they want to know everything, and that's it's very hard, it's very difficult being a parent. I mean, as, as like I think the test too, because you do, well, you you, you want to you do live your life a little bit through your children, and that's there's nothing wrong with that, but trying to find the line not to step over it and make sure your kids are, are still enjoying it and you know they get respected for the great wins they have and they and you they still loved for the perhaps the losses that they have so it's a pretty it's it's pretty challenging as a parent but that's that's the fine line because if as you say if you, if you push too hard the kids will just resent it and they'll drop out of the sport and this is one of the weaknesses we have in swimming, we're you know, trying to keep these kids in the sport at past the age of 15 and 16. I guess it's another topic, but um, and it, it starts it starts a lot from what the what the culture is in the family and what the how the swimmers are treated by both the parents and the coaches. 
I think back to when, like, the state state champs. If I if I'd done a, a a good swim, then I'd speak to you as as the coach, and we'd have a bit of a debrief about how the race went, and um, yeah, that and just say congratulations or that sort of stuff. I'd go up to the stands. Mum was there, and she'd you know, say, "Great job, well done." But the, and then if I didn't have a good race. Um, we again, it'd be the same process. We would just talk about how the race went, what we could have done differently, and that's it. You leave it at that. And then I'd go upstairs and and see Mum, and she would um, she she wouldn't keep on my case about it. She'd just be, um, "How was that? Is uh, not very good?" And uh, that's not good to hear. You know, I hope the next one goes better. And and that's it. And so mm. you know, I wasn't I wasn't afraid to go upstairs and just have to have to face uh, face Mum. So I think that. You know, I I never, you know, I never felt um, if I'd done a poor race, I'd only let myself down, and it wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't afraid to uh, sort of have to go up to the stands and, and face face mum with that. You haven't let the family down. Something yeah. it's not like that. I mean, you <laughs> you're, you're lucky. You had you had you got a good mother there. I mean, Michelle obviously is is um, well experienced as being a coach in her own right of of young young children and learned to swim. So. Uh, and you know, she, I mean, look, you know, I guess you know, she, she knows the best is she, she doesn't love you for your swimming. She loves you for who you are. So, I and mean, she's always been like that. So you've been very lucky to have a, a really good, um, good mother there as well, who could, you know, could draw the lines as well. So mm. yeah, and look, the, the proof is now what, what you're doing is, is, you know, you, you're in the sport, you're loving, you love what you're doing. And we're really, um, we're really chuffed about where this has led you and, um, and where it's going. So it's, it's awesome. I think one of the um, things you've brought up before with uh, letting the coaches do their job um, and, and just sort of leaving it at that is giving responsibility to others. And that's something that I see you do very well. Like I think back to when we started doing strength and conditioning, I think I would have been probably, tw- I don't know, 12. Um, and so this is this is really early on before very few clubs or coaches were doing strength and conditioning with their swimmers and we started doing that in the squad it was very basic we're doing a circuit around the the pool with some dumbbells and some sit-ups and and that sort of thing it was compared to what the kids do today it's uh probably on a level one instead of a level 10 but that that was more than what anyone else was doing and then eventually you met a guy called sam fenton who became the strength and conditioning coach for the club and you gave him that responsibility of looking after that and you don't um uh, you've given some guidance and things like that, but you've never stepped in and and tried to take control of the the strength and conditioning. You've given that to him, and I, I see that you've done that with other coaches too who have who have uh, joined the club. So I think just being able to hand off the responsibility of different roles um, of your sort of coaches and and swimmers, it's it takes a lot for someone to just completely give that give that up because sometimes there can be ego involved. There can be just wanting to um, micromanage people, but uh, I think you do a really good job of giving that up. So where where does that come from for you? Well, I, I, I you used the word I was going to use micromanage. That's a 
Uh, I mean, when I first started, that's what I tried to do. I tried to micromanage everything, and that's where I guess you know I did, I did the swimming, did the, the strength and conditioning, did everything, tried to manage everything. No wonder I was exhausted. So no, it's a case, and it's a case like you you learn from the other the other activities you get involved in. Obviously, I've worked in in corporate for a long time, and I thought, well, let's let's apply the corporate principles that I've learnt, and let's put them into the swimming coaching, and that the corporate principles are you've got to you know, you've got to delegate some of your work you've got to give responsibility to others otherwise they the people around you won't grow and um that's what i said look i've got to do the same thing here if we're going to grow anything be it the swimming club or the program um i need to bring people in and i've got to let them take responsibility now sam watched our sam fenton watched our strength and conditioning program he i've never met the guy he just i th- he think he sat and watched one day and he had the um the audacity ha, the audacity to come up to me and say i don't like what you're doing with your strength and conditioning program and i said that's fine can you do better and he said yes and the rest is history and here he is still for nearly 15 years later part of the club and uh, so, and I, I trust him in, in completely. So, it's just look. I, I don't mind people um, criticising what you do. And if they're prepared to help out and 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 challenge me and give me better way to do it, and I and I take what they say as that they can. Um, more than happy to deal with people, and the same with the coaches we bring on board. So, we've had uh, not too many coaches come from outside the program into the program. We've got one now, Dean Gooch. Again, he's a he hasn't been part of the Trogan um, family over the years, but he's come in and trust him entirely because he's just got the right values. But all our other coaches have been developed through the club, and you've either I've either coached them or they and they've. Well, they're going to stop their swimming. So, how about you get into coaching? Ben Geard is one, of course. Um, and he's a very successful coach. So I, I guess look, it's a case where, I, I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, look, I'll, I'll just bring them in and let them go. Well, I do want to make sure they're the right fit with the right culture and the right mindset and values. And if I'm convinced of that, then I'm more than happy to let them write, write their own programs, run their own squad, and I'll just monitor it and, uh, and they can bounce off me for ideas or any concerns they have. So I guess it's, um, look, it's just, it's just practice and that, look at my age if I don't if I don't get it by now there's something wrong so but it's been it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun watching young young people and I particularly like young people coaching watching them grow and develop and and become terrific coaches in their own right it's been it's been a great ride I think that applies to this the swimmers as well that you have in the the squad is you know in the the warm-up so for most sessions I know the the swimmers will do a dry land warm-up and there's a a bit of a process that they they follow and and all the swimmers know what it is and they've got to you know someone will will lead the warm-up and these are sometimes a nine ten year old kids who are leading a group of you know 15 other kids through the warm-up and you know just giving the responsibility even to really young people they're not you know these kids are smart they pick up on things very quickly and they want to take on that responsibility and they they want to you know lead lead a group like that so even just little things like that i see as being quite different than uh, i see in many other clubs and squads well i, I guess i learned that from that's i learned that from sam i mean i i you know, i guess i haven't really seen it until sam brought it in and he he's all about uh young people bringing young people out who don't get in the voice i mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of young kids out there uh, who don't get the opportunity to lead, and they're very good leaders in their own right because you've got a few extrovert kids there who will always put their hand up and want to lead. So he's all about others sharing the lead and and uh, and taking on the taking on the session and and you know, running the program and 
And once the kids have confidence and they know that they can do that and they don't get put down or they don't get talked over, then it works really well. And, and Sam's been outstanding at that. And, I, and look, we can we can go anywhere and we can get any kid to say, well, you lead and off they go. And, and even if even if there's no coach there, the swimmers just know, well, this is what we've got to do. Let's start. You know, we're supposed to be at 9.30. If, um, if something's happening, no coach there, whatever it is may be, they just get their warm-up done and off they go. And it's nothing better to watch a young group of people take responsibility for themselves and and um, and get their warm-up done. It's just, it's look, it's what all coaches should aspire to. Otherwise, you know, if, if the coach needs to be there for the program to run, um, it's, it's really not what you want. I mean, the, I always say one of my philosophies is you are what you are when no one's watching. And if the program kicks on while no one's watching, well, you're doing something right. So uh, I take my hats off to Sam Fenton for that one. Yeah, that's that's good. I, I love. Um, I mean, I saw that attitude. What was it last last week? We had uh, um, a brother and sister from the the swim club who came along to to one of our clinics, and we um, uh, had to demonstrate a, a drill. And um, and the young girl she put her hand straight up, saying, "I'll demonstrate." And this is in a group of adults and kids, and she was the youngest one there. But she put her hand up to to demonstrate um, this drill and just didn't hold back, didn't have any fear, whereas everyone else you know, wouldn't, wouldn't dare to put their hand up to um, to sort of do this in front of a, a group of people there. So that sort of attitude pays off a lot, not only as a um, you know, in that, that swimming environment, but outside of the swimming environment in school and work. And I've, I see a, often a, a big difference between um, you know the, the kids who have gone through that sort of thing with with sport, and particularly you know, through the trail and swimming club, um, and and how that plays out in their their life outside of it, because they they're not afraid to be seen and be heard, put their hand up, uh, introduce themselves to to people, like just saying hello and goodbye, just the basics like that. Don't don't get taught in school, and there's not even a lot of clubs or, or sports out there where they just teach the the basics like like that and it, it ma- makes a huge difference to how you can progress um, in in work especially uh, later on in life well particularly uh, I mean yeah, look it's with the, I know who you're referring to there the young girl Olivia and um, and her, her brother I mean they they came to the club and they were very quiet shy young kids and uh, look it, and we're going to allude to this anyhow. I mean, when a young person comes into the program or any program that I, I take over, they've got to learn some basic skills and just some basic life skills. And the first thing they've got to learn is to come in and say hello to me. I mean, just use my name and I'll use your name. It's very, very simple. And it and then the, then everyone, you know, we open the lines of communication and just look me in the eye, um, get your hands out of your pocket stand up tall, uh, don't be afraid. To, uh, uh, look, I've got a number of very simple um, people people principles. Number one is say hello, uh, say goodbye. When they leave, they've got to say goodbye, give me a high five and say goodbye all the time. Um, have say, you know, say please if you want something, say thank you when you get it. If you make a mistake, just say, look, you're sorry. Um, don't, don't cover things up, nothing worse than that. And the most important one is use my name because the name is the most is the most powerful part of a, a person's being. And you know you're given a name, you should be proud of it. Your, your parents gave you that name, so use my name um, when you want something. So, and other things like, look, when when I talk as a coach, you make sure you listen very hard. And when you talk as a swimmer, I'll listen to you even harder. Uh, these are these are just basic principles of dealing with people and and around that sort of 
know, those sort of principles and you get kids to lead in that environment, you know that everyone is treated the same. They're all, everyone's on that same base. They have to have the same values, have to have the same principles we, we operate on and that creates your culture. And the culture then is set and then when you go outside somewhere else, they usually don't get that sort of strict culture out there. So where you've got Olivia coming along saying, oh, can I, you know, can someone here, she puts out, that's what she naturally does. Yeah, I want to lead. I want to, I want to be part of this. So for her to put a hand up, that makes me very proud to hear that. So uh, it's, um, and it's, it can start from a very young age, get confidence in kids from a very young age and they'll be awesome adults when they, when they turn into adults. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of ties into the next thing I want to talk about, which is not letting things slip past you. So um, I think of two scenarios that um, that I know of in the in the club. One was um, best uh, my best mate. He uh, uh, he was. I think we were about to start a new set, and he he he'd sworn at one of the other kids because um, he'd drawn in his sheet of paper or something and the whole group heard it and you I'll let you tell the story but um, yeah so one was uh, when a good friend of mine Andrew he, he swore and the other one is when uh, a, a couple in the squad had a bit of a spat in front of the the group because they were sort of having it yeah having to go at each other so um, I'll let you tell the story but I think just they're two really good examples of why you need to pull people up on things and not let them slip past because that's when the culture can start to drift. So, um, yeah, the first one was with uh, with Andy. Yeah, Andrew was an unfortunate one where he he's, he let out the, uh, the the big swear word and it's one of those moments where everyone just went quiet when he said it. <laughs> it was unfortunate there that happened. So, but um, that was uh, yeah, it was a bit sad for him. But and the other one was it's just a, a, two drama queens having a, a male and female having a having a bit of a go in front of each other in front of the group. Now, you know, it, whatever it is, it's it's fine. If these sort of things happen. That's that's that that happens. But. Look, it's easy to have principles and say, well, you know, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, you've got to use this, you've got to use that. But the hard part is for anyone is to follow it through. There's no point having these are the values that we have in the club and then the first thing the children see is or some see is that, oh, you don't actually follow that through. You don't, uh, you know, you, you, want, you want people to say hello, but you don't say hello back or you don't want people to use their name, but you don't use people's names yourself because kids will catch on really quickly. I mean, if you want to know what's going on, you, you never ask the, the CEO of, a, of an organization. You always ask the, the person who's in the mailroom. So, you know, it's like anything. If you want to know what's going on in the program, don't ask the coach, ask the swimmers. The swimmers know exactly what the culture should be. So um, if the swimmers know that they're, they're going to get pulled up for this or they're going to get applauded for that, well, then you, that's why you're going to get your culture done. So you, you, there's no point having a set of principles and values unless you are willing to be onto them um, 24-7, and you have to be. The moment you let it go is the moment they'll pick up a weakness and they'll go, oh, we can, we can now do this, can we? Oh, that's all right. And before you know it spreads and, and one of your values is out the door very, very quickly. So... Um, look, it's, 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 I think it's a lot easier getting a set of principles in place. The hard part is keeping them in there. And that's, that's always the challenge. And the moment I let that sort of thing go, Brent, is the moment I give up coaching. If I couldn't be bothered with that anymore, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. But I hope I'm a long way away from that. So, um, but you're, you're right. It's, um, it's, it's standards that you have and you've just got to, you've got to keep reinforcing them. Otherwise, that's where it falls down. And in both situations, you had them apologize in front of the, the group. And it's, I mean, probably Andy was, I don't know, 13 at the time maybe and um, the other kids were a bit older, maybe 17, but just making them apologise in 
to the group and explaining why and actually having them do it where it's where they're genuinely apologizing um it's a it's a very big thing to own up to that and face the the group and i mean how did you how did you find the um uh, the relationship among the squad members after they had to do that? Uh, look, it's like anything. I mean, I, I can think of instances where people have been, you know, we've called a team meeting and, and it's a certain time and people have just strolled in thinking that they can just come in any time they want to. Well, it doesn't work that way either. And uh, had them apologise now uh, in front of the group. Now, it's always a bit awkward. It's always a bit sort of, you know, they and they may not like you for whatever, but... Uh, look, if they're if they're going to be worth anything as as employees of the future, or perhaps even people who run businesses, they'll get it. And I know I've had so many kids uh, when they got older go, look, I hated that when you did that to me, but now I get it and I understand why you did it because it's what I do in my own working career now. So it's pretty, um, you know, it's not an easy thing to do and no one likes it. No one likes when you're being sort of selected out as doing something wrong and you've got to apologise in front of the group. But, no, oh, come on, it's tough enough. It's not, it's not the hardest thing in the world you've got to do and it'll, you'll either you know, be a better person for it or you just won't, won't you know, really won't be much as, a, much as a person as you grow up. But, look, I've, I've never had an instance there where someone has, um, has gone backwards because I've highlighted something that they could have improved. Um, swimmers are pretty resilient sort of people and that's why we all want to employ them because they are resilient, they're tough and and uh, these sorts of things make them tougher and that's why they're such good employees, such good people. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of, um, I mean, the, I think that's when it pays off is not sometimes not straight away. They might think, oh, this is stupid that I've got to apologise, whatever, but the lesson that they learn um is you know that that pays off down the track and i think back to uh i don't, I don't know how old i was maybe maybe 10 or 11 and um, I, don't, I don't know if you probably remember this too is we had uh two kids around from the who lived in our court they came around to our pool and we went for a, a swim in the backyard and one of them um had had taken a crap in the pool and we'd gone, mm-hmm. I hadn't, hadn't seen mm-hmm. it happen. I don't know when it happened, but so we come out of the pool and you go to cover it up and um, and you saw it and then you called me and you said, do you know who did this? And I, I didn't. And you said, well, you go and get those, you go and get the other two kids around um, and I want to have a chat to them and, and find out who, who did it. And at the time I was mortified that I had to bring them back <laughs> for, for that um, because it was, well, it was, it was, it was embarrassing and, um, from a sort of social perspective as a, what, a 10, 11 year old, it was, yeah, it was horrifying. But, um, so I went around to their houses, got them back and, um, then had a, had a word to them. And I don't think anyone owned up to it. Um, but just that, when that happened, I think for me, it made me realize you've got to be, uh, careful about who you, who you hang out with and who your friends are, because, that's a reflection on you as well. And I think like, yeah, as I said, at the time, didn't want to do it. couldn't believe you were making me do it. But now, however many years later, it's a big, like I don't, if, if, I, if there's people who I don't want to hang around with or be friends with because they don't fit with my, my values and the way I like to, um, the way I like to, to be, then I just don't, I don't spend time with them. And I think a lot of that comes back to that lesson. 
Absolutely. No, I, yeah, look, it's, I do remember that situation there. I know um, your mother wasn't very happy with that because uh, she had to teach in that pool. So, you know, she was more in the pool, in that pool than I was. But it's, um, look, it's, it's right. And, you, you know, you make your determination. For if, if your friends are going to do that to you and let you down because it was you know, really it was your, your pool or your parents' pool, um, they're not really respecting what's been given to them. So anyway, you make your choices about who you want to ha- who you want to ha- hang out with or who you don't. So you know, it's, and I guess that's impacted on you as well. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has. Um, the the next thing I want to talk about is is coach with passion. So you did talk about about coaching with passion at um, one of the recent coaching conferences in in Melbourne, and I've had a few people who were there and came up to me and said they they really enjoyed that talk and it was there their favorite talk of the of the weekend can you um talk a little bit about the probably the some of the main points that you mentioned in that that talk because i went along to it and i i really enjoyed it and i think for for me i i'm sort of of the more analytical nature sort of more more numbers based so it's easy for me to just be focused on uh the set and the workout and not coming across across with much sort of passion in my in the way I speak in the way I um, present things because it's not necessarily my you know, the way I normally do things it's not my nature but um, the the talk that you do I've been trying to you know come from a come from the um, the the just the yeah coaching with with more passion and, and delivering in in that sort of way because I think it's a much better way to get across to people so um, yeah are you able to talk about some of those those points from that talk? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, I guess it's a case. I, I do it this way because I'm, I was a late starter in coaching. Uh, I always think to myself, how much time have I got left in this caper? And I'd like to think I'll be around for many more years to come. But I always look at every opportunity is an opportunity to give as much as you can. Now, I always, I always remember things that you know, other coaches said to me. And Bill, Bill Sweetnam, who's obviously a legend in coaching, he made it. He, I was, it sticks in my mind what he said. He said, you, you should go into a, you go into a training session. Uh, for example, in the morning, you get there at five o'clock in the morning and the, the kids are just, you know, they're, they're down, they look tired, whatever they and you are bouncing because you're a coach, you know, you should be bouncing off the walls and getting these kids up and pushing them around and challenging them and being the best they can. And when the session finishes at seven or seven thirty, you are absolutely spent and you've got nothing left and all the kids are bouncing off the walls and you're transferring your energy and your, or your knowledge and, and your, and your, enthusiasm to these children and that's that's the way that I um, like to coach uh, that you you're there for a purpose you and you know you, you set yourself up you set yourself up with your mindset your mindset is I'm going to go there and I'm going to give it really my best my best efforts here as far as my energy is concerned now you've got to read the situation as well you can't go in there first thing up and get everyone jumping out of this because it doesn't work that way i mean i coached this morning and you know the kids had trained last night and so on and they just they take a bit of time to warm up and you don't want to be you don't want to be so full-on that they go this is ridiculous so you think, I, I don't i don't need this right now you've got to be you've just got to you've got to analyze your squad but you ultimately the point is the values that we have. Look, we say hello in the morning. You know, we we respect each other. We listen to the program. You do all those basic things. You go through the session. I need quality in this part of the program, and I'll encourage you. I'll be yelling at you. I'll be I'll be really pushing you to get there. Okay, they know that's going to occur. So, 
you 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 it's it's a mindset that you take and you've got to you've got to convey that to your swimmers but again it's built up over a period of time them knowing you and if they don't if they if you just go in if i went in there to a brand new program i would spend probably my first 10 minutes and go this is the way i am as a coach just so you know because if I go into a program and they're with a quiet coach and I go, well, this is not my style, I'm going to be yelling at you, I'm going to be using your name, I'm going to be encouraging you, I'm going to tell you what to do, I'm not going to be happy with this, I'm going to be happy with that. You've got to set the platform wherever you wherever you go and it's it's you as a coach that sets the, the benchmark in each program that you go to and each session that you take. Um, but what I see as far as you know, general swimming coaching is concerned is um, – I. I think a lot of a lot of young coaches, particularly, um, they feel like they can't express themselves, and they should because it's they should get out there and be. They're allowed to. You're allowed to be loud. You're allowed to have lots of energy. You're allowed to be over the top. Um, and how can you be over the top with too much enthusiasm? What's wrong with that? Um, I always remember a, 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 a particular uh, school teacher in, in sail when I played water polo, going into the sail in my early days, and uh, he was he was playing water polo. He was in his fifties, and I thought, oh my god, you are so passionate. You are you are you are brilliant. I just love the way you're always energetic. You're always full of life and full of energy. And I thought, I'm gonna, that's the way I'm going to be. And I thought, and as I get older, and I'm 58 now, as I get older, I'm not going to pull away from that. I and I want to convey that to young people to say, young coaches particularly, to say, it's okay. It's okay to, to you know, get up there and bounce off walls and, and you know, use, transfer your enthusiasm to other people. Because if you don't, who's going to do it? Um, who's, going, who's going to convey that you know, life is a, a pretty good life you're leading? You guys can, you can stand, you can talk, you can walk, you can move around. The hardest thing you're doing here is exerting a lot of energy and pushing yourself hard in the pool. That's pretty good. If that's the hardest thing you'll do all day, it's a pretty good life you've got. So let's have a bit of fun doing this. Let's try and get something out of this. Let's achieve something for the morning. Um, and let's try and you know, give you some feedback where you, you leave here feeling really good about yourself because you've, you've done something that your non-swimming friends aren't doing. They're probably still in bed resting while you're here making yourself a better swimmer and a better person. So... Um, I just love that, love that part of of swimming, and I love that part of of just you know, getting up and and mixing with young people. Because, um, and I really, I really don't care anymore, Brent, whether or not people think I'm over the top or not. Because um, I can read a situation really well, and I reckon I can, I can mellow myself if I need to, and I can get full on enthusiastic if I need to as well. So, I guess I'm a very lucky part of my life where um, I can read the read a group situation really well. So, but again, I love to convey it to other other coaches and and get them to understand that it's okay to coach with a lot of enthusiasm and energy and 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 passion and all. You can do all that stuff. Don't don't back away from that. Cause it's so much more fun. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. And I think I think back to when I first started, I was I, I, probably similar to a lot of the younger coaches that you're referring to there, and not yeah, just not coaching with with a whole lot of passion. And it's for me, I think it was uh, a, a small part of it was is probably wor- worrying about what other people think of you. And as I've gotten you know that little bit older, I'm uh, almost thirty now, but um, and I think having having my son Sam as well has has changed me quite a bit where I just don't care what other people think because you're not going to please everyone and for me you know, if as long as I do the best that I can do and you know just just give as much as I can to that person or that that group 
then then I don't really care what other people what people will 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 say after that. So as long as you're doing the best you can, that's that's all you can really do. So that's um I completely relate on on that level and um you know having worked with with a lot of a lot of people now um you you're not going to make everyone happy um but as long as you just just do as, as well as you can um and, well, for sorry. sure but i think i think brent um the you know the, the key there is um uh, you know, as as you say it's you, you you do care in one way because um, if you if it didn't get it right, well, people wouldn't come to you. But the point is, what you're doing is is becoming very successful, and it's becoming Australia wide. And if I wasn't successful, people wouldn't be coming to me either. If I want, if I what I, my, my beliefs and my values and the way I coach wasn't working, well, I wouldn't have a squad there. So people will speak with their feet. If they don't like what you're doing, they won't show up. If they like what you're doing, they'll turn up and they'll keep coming. And you'll get support from your parents and your swimmers and other people around you. So you know it's always you're continually learning. Um, so I, I know um, I guess we say we you know we don't care what other people think. We we do, but we're getting it. We we we're not caring about how much energy we're conveying. We're not doing anything wrong. All we're doing is getting a lot of enthusiasm and perhaps more than what um, the normal lifestyle is all about. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And uh, look, I, I, I did my level one course at a very late age with a guy called Wayne Laws. And Wayne's, um, you know, back back twenty odd years ago, twenty twenty not twenty three, twenty four years ago, uh, man, he was he was wonderfully over the top. I just, I loved the way he coached, and um, and uh, that's I mean that's where you get it from. And I, I thought the way he coached was really 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 good. It was just, and that's why I'm I'm going to coach like that as well. With lots of lots of energy and and you know five stopwatches in one hand and. Busy, and uh, I know that's why the top programs in Australia work. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, energy. I mean, you look at St. Peter's Western. I know there's a lot of energy on pool deck there. They're the best programs. They're big programs. They're, they're people pumping up and down, and it's it's they're the, just the the best programs to be in for a young a young child. And that's I guess what I want to see is, is a swimmer in the program where I wish I was in that program. If I was 14, I'd love to be in this program. That's what I always think. So that's I want to I want to get that out there. What would a fourteen year old think of the program that I'm giving them right now? And because um, I, I wish I was in that program when I was fourteen. So it's um yeah you're right though because you just you know you're getting to thirty as you say Brent. Um, don't hold back because it's um it goes really quickly all this stuff and you know what you're doing is successful and the more enthusiasm you're going to bring to it, it will become so successful you'll you'll continue to employ more and more coaches around Australia. Thank you very much. Well, um, it's been really good to have you on the, the podcast and uh, just probably talking about some things which um, I've seen you do over the last 30 years uh, but never really spoken about them in this sort of um, format, I guess. So it's, um, yeah, good to, good to hear you talk about them in, in that way. And I, as I said at the start, I, the, I, didn't, I wasn't going to become a swim coach when I finished school. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, but the, I think a lot of the things that you used to teach and do has rubbed off on me. And I think I'm very similar, especially people who know you, uh, if they saw me coaching or presenting, we're, we're very, very similar. Um, we, and I think that's a, a good thing. So, uh, I've been very lucky to have, um, or have you and, and mum, uh, I think just sort of raise me and teach me the things and the standards that, um, 
that you like to to have and and hold because um, I've been able to take on board board a lot of it. So um, thank you and and thanks for being on the the podcast. It's been good to to share these things. Been a pleasure, Brent. And uh, remember, you're not even thirty. I started at a very much older age than you, and uh, you've you know you're eight years away from my first other coaching. You've already got eight years' experience under your belt. So it's gonna be amazing. That's why uh, these young coaches who come through like yourself, it's how good are you going to be in another ten years, another twenty years thereafter. So good luck with it all, Brent. I certainly envy you. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.